Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. 20 years ago on September the 14th, 1997, I preached the very first message at New Beginnings to an audience of 59 adults Having just returned from Tulsa with the theme of a new beginning, I felt the Lord had impressed on me that every person that joined us in that season, in the beginning, was going to be in need of just that, a fresh new start. So the message had been brewing in my heart for months. You know, back then, it would take me days and weeks to put a message together. There's only one message a week. And so this thing was just stirring around inside of me and I just kept hearing the Apostle Paul, kept hearing his voice, I kept hearing Philippians chapter three. And I wanna bring the essence of that original message that I preached that day 20 years ago. The title of that message was, Let Go and Take Hold. Turn to somebody and say that that's that's the message for the hour. Let go and take hold. Philippians chapter three, verse seven. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is from faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as if apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to take those things to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. The New Living Translation puts it this way. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus has first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us, is calling you. What a statement of faith, what an attitude is being displayed from someone who at that time when this was written was a prisoner in jail. He didn't allow the reality of where he was right at that moment to keep him from focusing on the bigger and the better things for the future. Regardless of being in prison, Paul was gonna press on. 
He was going to keep striving to reach the goal, to get the prize. Looking back over these past 20 years, I am so grateful to God for giving us the honor of pastoring this church. We've had great successes along the way, but I'm also reminded of disappointments, shortcomings, of wrong choices, and regrets. I have, however, discovered this truth, that if I'm dwelling on past failures, then I am not forgetting what lies behind. And if I am not forgetting what lies behind, I cannot be focused on the future. Focusing on the past, listen, you need to hear this, because so many of us do this and we don't even realize we're doing it. Focusing on the past can only taint your future. It will color it in a way that you don't want it to be. It will flavor it in such a way that you set yourself up for future failures. Choosing to linger on the old setbacks or hindrance. Paul talked about pressing on toward the goal to win the prize. Paul was known to compare the Christian life to running a race. He knew that in order to run this race, he had to finish strong. He was gonna need to focus on the future. He's gonna need to never look back. On May the 6th, 1954, a man named Roger Bannister became the first man in history to run a mile in less than four minutes. Within two months, a man named John Landry showed up on the scene and beat that record by 1.4 seconds. On August the 7th, 1954, the two met together in a historic race. As they moved into the last lap, Landy held the lead. And it looked like he would win. But as he neared the finish line, he gave in to a temptation. The question haunted him, where is Bannister? As he turned to look, Bannister took the lead. Landy later told a, Times, uh, a Time Magazine reporter, if I hadn't looked back, I would have won. How many of us are forfeiting our future? because we keep looking back. We keep trying to justify our conduct by what's happened. We keep trying to make excuses for where we're not because of where we've been. Don't taint your future by your past. 22 years ago, this was the cry in my heart. I knew that my life had changed drastically 11 years before that. But I knew that I was still being held back by fear and insecurities. I was also very keenly aware that there was much more that God wanted me to accomplish in this life than just sitting in a chair, sitting in a pew. That burden, that hunger, that desperation caused me to make the decision to forget about what was in the past, to forget about the insecurities, to forget about the intimidations, to forget about the what ifs, and launch out into the future. This weekend I've come to an amazing realization that one of the most impacting truths about this is that when you let go of the past and take hold of the future, everyone you're connected to is affected. 
There are people in your sphere of influence. There are people in your family. There are people that you're in relationship with. There are people that you're in business with. There are people that you, you relate to. There's people that you deal with on your jobs. They are stuck because you haven't moved out into your future yet. When you do, it will affect all of them. You know, recently I've been teaching on developing endurance so we can successfully navigate through the seasons and stages of life. Paul gives us the tools that we need to survive and thrive in a world of circumstances, negative circumstances. Let go of the past, press on into the future. You, you realize the terms here. It's a whole lot easier to let go than it is to press on. But in order to get to your place in the plan of God, in order for you to experience the joy of affecting other people's lives, you're gonna to have to let go, but, but even more so. You're gonna to have to commit to press on, and pressing on sometimes is not easy. You see, you and I have an enemy who does not want you to succeed in this life, does not want you to fulfill the plan of God in your life. He's very content to keep you in a, in a place of stagnation. He's very content to keep you stuck. And we'll give you the reasons why you should stay stuck, because of the hurts and because of the wounds and because of the betrayals and because of the disappointments and because of the lack of whatever you perceive you lack in order to move forward. The enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren will constantly bring that into your face to snuff out any possibility of you getting the strength you'll need to press on. I say resist him. I said I say resist him. You know, Jesus constantly pointed his disciples into the future. He told them, drop your nets and follow me. He challenged them to leave the security of mediocrity. Oh, that is so dangerous. Mediocrity, complacency, have a, 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 a sense of security and stability because you know, okay, if I just stay here, I know it's, it's not that great and it's not that good and I feel kind of stale and I'm really not experiencing anything passionate. I really don't feel like I'm walking in my purpose, but you know what? At least I'm not suffering loss. At least I'm not putting myself in a place to be ridiculed or to be mocked or to be talked about. He challenged them to leave the security of that mediocrity. Yeah, well, you know, we've been out all night fishing, haven't caught anything, but you know what? At least we have a boat. Amen. That's dangerous. He's always challenged his people to break the chains of complacency and to launch out into the unknown, even if it meant facing storms. But one thing he promised and that promise is for certain. And the same promise he made to them is the same promise he makes to you. He said, I will be with you always. Always. He promises us that very same thing. And the Holy Spirit is calling us into a place of mercy, into a place of grace that will empower us not only to let go of the past, but that mercy and that grace equips you for your future. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, let us therefore come boldly. Say that with me, boldly. boldly. 
Now come on, say it like you mean it. Boldly. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm sure you've heard me teach this before. I'm so blessed by this verse of scripture because it covers every time period in my life. We go to the throne of grace and the first thing we do is obtain mercy. And that mercy is to cover our past, which we need to let go. Do you, do you ever realize how much the past wants to cling to you? It wants to hold on to you. It wants to constantly remind you. But we receive mercy that covers that past. And then we find grace to help us to press in, like Paul said, and to move into our future. We are commanded to come boldly into his presence. There's one problem, though, that you and I face as human beings. It's very difficult to come boldly when you're constantly thinking about the past. It's almost impossible. However, when we understand that his mercy provides us with a way of escape, his mercy supplies us with the, the method that we can shake off the past, then we can move into that place of faith, move into that place of empowerment and face the future with confidence. Your past, if you allow it to, will be a powerful deterrent in making any advancement into the future, and that's why it's so dangerous. Peter was heartbroken over his betrayal of Jesus. You remember the story? After all, Jesus had warned him ahead of time. Now afterwards, Peter is stuck in the shame and condemnation of his failure. And Peter begins to draw back, and again, we affect the people around us. And as Peter began to draw back from the assignment that Jesus gave him, he led the rest of the disciples backward and they retreat to fishing again after Jesus had told them years before, drop these nets and follow me. Jesus, bringing mercy, appears on the seashore and calls them to come join him. You know the story, he takes Peter aside and gently gives him a chance to get free from the shame, from the guilt, the condemnation, free from the past failure. Peter, do you love me? Three times, Jesus asked him this question, three times, Peter pledges his love to Jesus and finally then, Peter is launched by Jesus into this next phase of life. Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, feed my sheep. Forget about the past. Forget about the fishing. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter's past would have held him back and could have caused him to fall away for good had it not been for the mercy that he obtained from the Lord Jesus Christ and the grace to step into the future so he could let go that he'd be able to take hold. Isaiah 43, 18, awesome verse of scripture. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Hold on a second here. Because sometimes we can get caught up in this thing and we think we're only supposed to forget the past when it's full of bad stuff, when it's full of negative things, when it's full of failure. 
Throughout these 20 years, we've had to forget the successes also because success sometimes is a snare. When you find we've accomplished something, wow, this, this works. Let's just keep doing it this way. And eventually it becomes a trap that swallows you. If you've been here for a number of years, you realize we do church a lot different now than we did years ago. It would have been real easy to say, you know what, this works, this works, let's not change anything. Let's not change the music. Let's not change the way we minister. Let's not change how we teach. Let's not change the way we dress. Let's not change, because this worked. Yeah, 18 years ago. And sometimes successes in life can swallow us up because they make us afraid to change. I thank God. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And we said, yeah, we do perceive it. So I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, even when it looks desperate, even when it looks like you're in the middle of famine, even when it looks like you're in the middle of a drought, emotionally, spiritually, he says, no, don't worry. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let streams burst forth bringing refreshing, bringing life. John Landy's words should haunt us. If I hadn't looked back, I would have won. Lot's wife looked back and she turned to stone. The Israelites looked back and therefore their hearts never really left Egypt. Judas got offended at Jesus, kept entertaining it and became a traitor. Don't look back, let go and take hold. Let go of the shame. I'm talking to people here today. Let go of the shame. Let go of the failure. Stop listening to that message in your head that's constantly going, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. Now I'm living with the consequences. Let go of it. Get to that throne it's spoken of in Hebrews 4 and go obtain mercy and get free and move on. And when the enemy comes, says, don't you remember? Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. That was me. But you know what? My Father in heaven has forgiven me. My Father in heaven has granted me mercy. My Father in heaven has empowered me with grace. So take this. Shove it in his face. It's over. It's done. Bury it and walk on. Let go of the grudges and the offenses. Why are you going to keep letting those hurts continue to hurt you? Let go of the unforgiveness and bitterness. It has damaged your soul. Jesus said, when you pray, forgive so that your heavenly father can forgive you. Peter wrote to us husbands. He said, in order to live in peace, live in peace, treat your wives with respect, treat them with wisdom. Why? So that your prayers do not get hindered. Let go of the wounds. Let go of the hurt. But most of all, let go of the sin that's become a lifestyle. Come on now, let go of the sin. Take hold of the lessons that you learned in your failures. My wife and I had to file for bankruptcy in 1990. It looked real dark, bleak, desperate. But you know what? We picked up an education there that we could have never learned at any university. 
Now what, do I wanna repeat that? Oh, absolutely not. But guess what? You take hold of the lessons that you learned in failure. Have you failed in an area? Then don't let it stay there. Learn what you can, move on. Get the gold out of every situation and go forward. Did you make a bad investment? Be wiser next time. Did you move into make a decision without asking the right questions? Ask the right questions next time. Did you decide to do something and didn't pray? Next time? Amen. Take hold of the freedom that comes from forgiving and forgetting. Let the chains that have been forged by offenses drop off your wrists. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this, how? By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Take hold of Jesus. Listen to me closely now, please. We're gonna be done in just a few minutes. Listen to me closely. Let go of your past. Take hold of Jesus and the new life he's promised to those who will reject this world and follow him. Paul said it this way, we read it before. I press on that I may lay hold of that with which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Press on, don't settle for stagnation, don't settle for complacent living, press on, let Jesus take hold of your life and let him give you purpose. Let him take hold of you and let him fulfill his dream for your life. He paid for it with his life. Now he desires that if you'll place your life in his hands, if you'll surrender yourself to him, if you will say yes to him today. And I know there's some of you in this room today. You've known about Jesus. You've heard about Jesus. You believe he's God. You believe that he died on the cross. You believe he died to pay for your sins. You even believe that God raised him from the dead. But you know what? You've not yet in your life taken that step that's gonna cause you to let go of your past and cause you to take hold of your future. And there is, let me tell you something. Please hear my words. For those of you that have never said yes to Jesus, he's not looking to rob you of your life. He is looking to add abundant life to you. He's not wanting to take anything away from you. He is wanting to add to you that which is gonna fulfill your heart. But you gotta say yes. It's up to you. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 is the last scripture we're gonna to cover today. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What does it mean, pastor, to be in Christ? It means that you have come to the conclusion in your heart that you believe everything the Bible says about him. He did die on the cross to pay for your sins. He did raise again from the dead. He's alive right now. 
He's the son of God. When we say yes to that, when we are willing to declare with our mouths what we believe in our heart, the Bible tells us that instantaneously we receive salvation. Some of you may think, oh, it can't be that easy. Yeah, he had to make it that easy because he knows us and he knows we'd screw it up if he made it any more difficult than that. And you know, religion has been trying to mess it up for the past 1,500 years to make it harder and harder and harder. Do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Sets of rules and regulations rather than the freedom that comes when Jesus comes to live inside your heart. When his Holy Spirit comes to take residence inside you, there's a freedom that comes. There's a grace that comes. There's a sense of purpose that comes. Let him fulfill that dream in you. I wanna make this invitation to you. You're here today, you know I'm talking to you. You might have been dragged here today. Maybe you were bribed. But the truth is God set you up to hear this message and to experience with the rest of us his presence in this place. And I know he's touching your heart. How do I know? Because I sat where you are sitting now. And I know what it feels like when the Holy Spirit is touching you. I'm asking you this. Are you going to do it again? Are you going to run out again? Are you going to say no again? Are you going to say maybe next time again? Are you going to say, well, not right now, not right now? Or are you going to let go of your past so you take hold of this new life? Listen, there's an entirely new life that is waiting on the other side of your yes that you've never experienced yet. And I draw you and I, I just, if I could, I would just draw you out of your seats. But I'm praying the Holy Spirit's doing that. I'm praying that he's touching you. I'm asking you this question. Will you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? Will you let go of your past and let him show you your future, the true future that he has for you? Because in that place is where your contentment is waiting for you. It's in that place is where your sense of fulfillment and purpose is waiting for you. It's in that place that everlasting life is waiting for you. I know this is a sobering thought, but none of us are guaranteed to wake up tomorrow morning. And what's going to determine where you're going to spend all of eternity? Well, you know, pastor, if I die, I die and I'm done. No, no, no. It should only be that easy. Everyone lives forever. You are a spirit. The real you is not this body, thank God. The real you is who God created on the inside, the spirit. And that spirit is going to live forever. You have to determine in this lifetime where you're going to spend it. Are you going to spend it in the presence of God? Or are you going to spend it separated from God for all of eternity? Choice is yours. The Holy Spirit presents Jesus to us and then gives a choice to us. So I'm asking you this. Will you receive him today? Here's what I want to do and then we're going to wrap up this service. I want to lead you in a prayer. And I want everyone in this room to pray this prayer. Now listen to me. Those of you that never prayed this prayer before, I am trusting God 
that you're at the point today where you're going to pray that prayer from a heart of faith. In other words, yeah, I believe this. Because at the end of this prayer, you're going to receive salvation. You're going to experience what Jesus called being born again. Your spirit being born unto God. Never to experience death. Never to experience separation from God. Yeah, we're all going to experience physical death unless Jesus comes before that. But physical death to the believer is just a change of address. To the non-believer, it's everlasting condemnation. Pray that you make the right decision today. Say this prayer with me. Father, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that when he died on that cross, he died to pay for my sins. And I believe that three days later, you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead. And he's alive right now. Therefore, as an act of my will, with free choice, I ask Jesus, please be my Lord, be my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. Make me a child of God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for everlasting life. I will follow you. I'll follow your plan. I let go of my past. I let go of the failures and I let go of the successes because you've got greater waiting for me. On the other side of this prayer, when I say amen, the greater, the abundant life now becomes mine. I receive it in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.